everyone. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. We got a guest speaker this week's wall. He's been on the show before. Michael Story, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, being on with us today uh, to get some of your insight. Uh, you were the uh, winner last week in our DraftKings League. Um, you had a huge day, 236.88 points. Uh, you only had two players that weren't uh, that were above $265 a point. That's pretty good, only having two players above that. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you had from the wide receiver from Florida, he had $104 uh, per point. And uh, Osiris Mitchell, the wide receiver from Mississippi State, been there a while, uh, $129 per point. So congrats to you, Story. Do you want to say anything about your win, why, why you picked those guys? What, what were your thoughts? Well, my thinking was, if I'm going to get another spot on the college football rundown, these guys are, are nationwide famous now. I, got, I better do something big, and I better put a big uh, lineup together. And so that that was my motivation going into last week. All right, all right. I finished uh, in second, followed by Ewall06, who finished in third. Uh, this week we're going to do the main slate, uh, 13 game. Uh, check out our website if you aren't in the league and want to get into it. It's on our website, uh, just a button you can click. It takes you right to the league page. Uh, our website is www.collegefootballrundown.com. All right, well, and story, we got some big games coming up this week. We'll start it off right off right off the bat with TCU, who's 0-1 at number 9, Texas, 2-0, 11 a.m. on Fox. Oh, this is going to be a good one, Woj. It's going to be a real good one, Texas. Minus 12, over under 62 and a half. This game opened at Texas minus 13 and a half. Dogs getting a little love. Texas leads the series. Hold your horses. Everyone listen to this. Texas leads the series 63 to 26 and one. 90 games played. That's what we call a spanking right there. Texas crushing them. Different picture as of late, though, with TCU winning six of the last eight since they joined the Big 12. TCU also won against the spread in six of those eight games. Interesting fact, too, guys, you might appreciate this story. In each of those eight games, the winner of the game also covered the spread. How about them apples? Interesting. I, I didn't realize that. We're, uh, how, how many games was that? Eight games? Eight games. You know, with the average spread being so low at five, I wouldn't say it's outlandish for that to happen, but it's definitely abnormal, the winner covering eight games in a row. Absolutely. I, I think this one's going to be a pretty close match as well. What's the line on this? 11 and a half, 12 for Texas? Well, it depends where you're looking, but right now it's sitting at 12 in most books. Well, I fully expect a shootout out of this one. A, a whole lot of big plays from each of the quarterbacks. I think Ellinger's a really good play this week in DraftKings. What do you think about the the uh, TCU quarterback situation, Woj? Uh, well, you know, they did uh, put in Dugan, Max Dugan, and replace a Matt Downing last week in the second half after Downing fumbled it going into the second half. And he came in, story, and went nuts, sitting 16 for 19 for 241 yards and three TDs in the second half. Um, and, again, he was a decent quarterback last, last year. He was, uh, he was good, but that was just really good stats, like really connected for a guy that, didn't even start this year to Matt Downing. Um, so, you know, he's at 5,800. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored, obviously, in this one. I think it is going to be close, like you said. I don't know, 12. I, it, the line's been moving down. It opened at 13.5, like Wall said, so it's getting tighter. I mean, 
pretty good price point for a guy that had 31 points last year versus Texas. Yeah, he was brilliant last year, hitting 70% of his passes, 273 yards and three scores to go along with 72 yards rushing and a, a score on the ground. You could do worse than Max Dugan at 5,800. No, for sure. A couple other guys I really like in this one story is Joshua Moore, the wide receiver for Texas. I know we talked to him about him a little bit last week. We said it was kind of a toss-up between him and Tariq Black. And Tariq Black actually went out there terrible, had some sort of injury, or at least that's what they're calling it. Um, and he's even going to be a backup this week to Brennan Eagles, who's another guy I'll talk about. But Joshua Moore, who's 7,000 right now, he's a solid option in a 50-50 game, I think. I don't think he has the the crazy breakout top end that a tournament guy would look for in him, uh, but a good 50-50 option. Now, tournament guy, Brennan Eagles, who is going to be taking the place of Tariq Black, came in last week, did decent, uh, but he is going to be starting this week. Uh, so he's uh, he's more of the the tournament guy has a high upside especially at 4500. Uh, I would look for more and more in the 50-50 and Eagles more in the uh, in the tournament play. Do you know any other ones in this one story? Yeah, I'm looking at Jake Smith here too. He he should be making his season debut. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury injury since late in camp, but he is uh, probable this weekend. And at 5,500, he does open up a lot of salary. And if you want to take a stab at him in a tournament lineup, I figure he's going to be pretty low owned, probably less than three to four percent, and that makes uh, that opens up quite a bit in a tournament. Yeah, definitely. The low percentage owned players are huge. Just keep an uh, eye yeah. on that injury, though. Make sure he doesn't suffer any setbacks in practice. But I definitely slot him in as a wide receiver three this week. Yeah, and the same thing with Brandon Eagles and Tariq Black, guys. Uh, take a look at the rosters coming on the Friday or even Saturday morning to see if they've they've made a swap there. I know there was some sort of injury, at least that's what they're calling it, from the low production from him on week one or week two last week. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Now, this is the game of the week right here for DFS. Um, on the 13-game slate, this is the highest over-under at 74.5. We got number 25, Memphis, 1-0. Heading to SMU, who's 3-0, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN 2 wall. Yeah, Memphis, you know, given 2.5 on this one, you mentioned the over-under sitting at 74.5. You want to look at the money line, you got a Memphis team that's at minus 132. But I know you guys are going to talk a lot of DraftKings with this game because all the players are going to get points. But you know what interests me in this game, man? We've talked about it already this year. Group of six, man, they got a chance. They got a chance this year to be in a maybe playoff, but a New Year Bowl contention. After this game, though, one of these two teams is going to lose their chance. So both these teams are going to become ready to play. It's going to be a good football game. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a lot of points scored. So for those of you that really like offense, this is the game to watch. Again, 2.38 p.m. on ESPN2. I'm just going to kind of go over some picks here just real quick. And Story, you can feel free to chime in whenever you want. But DeMonte Koki, we've talked about him throughout all last year, this year. And he's got to the point now where his price is just really high. He's 8300 He's the most expensive wide receiver this week on DraftKings. Uh, he's coming off uh, two years of 70-plus catches and 1K yards. He's got Brady White back at the helm. Again, with Antonio Gibson off to the NFL, Kenneth Gainwell opting out for the season, Kendall Jones and Joey Magnifico gone. All of those people stole his basically catches, and there's no reason he won't do it again. And he should be getting more, but we're getting some more guys that are stepping up. And I got a couple guys in mind, and we'll go over those in a little bit. But he'd need 33.2 points to even break even. 
Uh, and it might not be that crazy against an SMU team that gives up a lot of points and there's going to be a lot of points scored, but at 8,300, man, that's just hard to eat when there's so many better options. I don't disagree with you. I like a lot of players in this game, but at 8,300, that is pretty expensive. On the on the Memphis side, I think you can fire up Reggie Roberson. I think you can fire up Rasheed Rice, Danny Gray, even Kylan Granson. You know two of those guys are definitely going to go off. They're going to be slinging the rock around quite a bit. So I think you can pick two of them and cross your fingers. Reggie Roberson's the most expensive at 8,100, but you could save some salary and go with Kylan Granson or Danny Gray, and you've got to open up quite a bit for the other side. Uh, you were going to talk about uh, the tight end on that side, the, the guy who splashed in that first game for SMU, Sean Dykes, right, Woj? Uh, yeah, Sean Dykes. He's only 5,000. Um, and it, it, I love this pick. Uh, you know, Dykes, uh, they used him a ton against Arkansas State. Used him a ton. Most TDs, most yards, and receptions. He had 10 targets for 10 receptions, where Koki only had 11 targets for 8 grabs. Uh, with so many tools in Memphis, it looks like Dykes is, or so many tools gone on Memphis, it looks like Dykes is stepping up to try to get into that role. And now, I mean, don't get turned off that he's a tight end. I mean, they have a pretty well-known air raid potent offense there. And I mean, I think, I think with, with Dykes being stepping up, they can just be put into any position on the field. I mean, he might be a big guy, but don't let the tight end throw you off there. He is, uh, he is huge. Now, beware tournament owners because this is the highest over-under game of the week. So people are going to be combing over this game all week, and they're going to see this. And I'm expecting him to be a pretty high percentage player picked uh, in tournament play. But 50-50, that is a no-brainer uh, for sure at 5,000. That's a no-brainer. Sean Dykes, tight end for Memphis. You know, I think there's a couple other guys on a couple of running backs in this game also that maybe not great tournament plays, but definitely 50-50s cash games. You could look at Rodriguez Clark from Memphis. You know, the Tigers are looking to replace their top rusher for the second year in a row after Kenneth Gamewell opted out for the season. Uh, but Rodriguez Clark, he's able to continue this tradition of strong running back, pay, running back play for Memphis. He only rushed for 86 yards in six games during the 2019 campaign, but he rushed for 20 times for 105 yards and a touchdown last week in the 37-24 win over Arkansas State. At 6,700, I don't want to say it's a close, as close. I don't want to say it's chalk, but it's as close you get in a, a game with a 74 and a half over under. All right, let's talk some running backs. Ulysses Bentley, running back for SMU at 5,900. Tell me a little bit about him, story. This kid is good. He is strong. He is a player. He's a baller. He rushed six times for 104 yards and two touchdowns against Stephen F. Austin. Now it's Stephen F. Austin, of course. Um, and SMU won 50-7. to seven. But, man, when you see him on the field, he is making plays. He is breaking tackles. Um, but it didn't prevent him. This is set his second straight 100-yard game and his sixth and seventh rushing score of the year. So that's good enough to lead the nation in ground touchdowns, and he's the only player to reach seven so far this season. They're going to need him to get in the end zone a couple of times this week, and I think he's 5,900 on DraftKings, and that's good enough for me to get in, in most of my lineups. It is good enough, Walt, story, but I'm going to back off just a little bit. I, I might say it's more of a tournament pick here just because he might be a little risky. Two, so he has had seven touchdowns so far this season, but in two of those three games, they were against teams that they had already well been in the lead, and they he's just, they just started running the ball a little bit more. But he is a dominant runner, like you said, low carries, high yards, uh, so yards per 
per carry are huge. So he does have that ability to find the end zone, as we can see with seven touchdowns in three games. It's amazing. So we'll see. I think it is a more of a risky play for 50-50. It's more of a tournament pick, uh, even at 5,900. But, uh, I mean, it's not too bad. But I want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks here. So you have this huge game, this huge over-under game, and we haven't talked about quarterbacks yet. you got Brady White, who's the QB for Memphis, who's at 8,200 this week. And you have Shane Buscelli, who's the SMU quarterback at 9,200. Buscelli is the most expensive player on DraftKings this week. Uh, he is a powerhouse QB. He's priced right, I feel like, for what this matchup is. Uh, think of this. He failed to reach 200 yards in the air only for the second time in 16 games last week. And that's just because they played Stephen F. Austin. They were so, so far in the lead that they actually just ran the ball. Uh, they didn't even pass the ball anymore. Now keep in mind that you will need to get a lot to get him to score points and at value for you. So, for instance, last year he had 456 yards and three TDs against this Memphis game and scored 31.9 points. That's not what you're looking for out of a $9,200 quarterback. It just doesn't work that way. So when we look at the other side of Brady White, who's $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings, put up 27.6 against SMU last year, I like that a lot better. It's overall a tough pick, but the cheaper option with White giving me more money to spend on wide receivers this week is huge. Um, Huge, huge this week just because of PPR and there's so many good wide receivers out there. But I just like White better and not spending that kind of crazy money on a quarterback. What are your thoughts, Story? No, I tend to agree with you, Well, I mean, Shane Buchel, incredibly efficient last week. I think he passed for 150 yards or somewhere in that neighborhood. But he passed. They didn't really need to do much. Um, this week, they're going to need to do a lot. I definitely see this as a shootout. I think that both of these quarterbacks are going to pass for 500 yards each. We're going to see an incredibly back-and-forth kind of game. But saving a 1000 bucks on DraftKings in order to get down to Brady White is probably the smart move in tournaments. And then you could this is a game that you're going to want to stack. So you could go Brady White, and then you could absolutely run it back with, um, with uh, Reggie Roberson, Rasheed Rice, uh, Kylan Granson. Uh, you, you've got the opportunity to really stack a, uh, some players in this and, and set yourself apart in tournaments. Yeah, I really like the stacking option in this game just because of how many points are going to get scored. Uh, and like you said earlier, Calvin Austin, the wide receiver from Memphis at 4,300, he's a good tournament play this week because he's so low but has a high upside. And then Rasheed Rice, for, uh, the wide receiver for SMU at 5,900. I expect both of them to be low percentage or low percentage own picks uh, with a huge upside. Definitely right, talking about this all day. You know, I do want to get into the gambling, but I'm going to hold that back for a little later. All right. Well, let's move on to our next game. We got number 13 Texas A&M 1-0 at Alabama. Number 8 1-0 2:30 p.m. on CBS. Wall. Ooh, we're jumping in the SEC already, baby. 13 against 8 A&M at Bama. Alabama minus 16 over under 52 and a half in this game. This line opened Alabama minus 17 and a half. As we mentioned before, dogs getting bet up. A&M being bet up slowly. Makes sense that people are hitting up the dogs this week, though. Last week, what did we have? LSU lost. Oklahoma lost. Near loss for Texas at the end in that miracle win. You guys watched that game? Yeah, it was oh, pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, that was a great ending. A 1% chance for Texas to come back there in the last three minutes and some change. But they did it. They came back, got the win. But nonetheless, favorites did not look great last week. People hitting the dogs maybe this week in anticipation of Another occurrence of that. Kellen Mond versus Mac Jones. Spiller versus Harris. Chapman versus Wild. 
what is not to like in this game? As far as the game itself, handicapping it, I don't know, it's a little more difficult. Alabama beat Missouri 38-19 last week. They were in control the whole game. Offense came to play with 414 total yards. Quarter of that came on the ground. Defensive secondary for Bama did not look like they were ready, did not look like a Saban coached defensive secondary. The line in the first level did a pretty good job holding Roundtree, good runner in his own right, to 67 yards on 14 carries and 10 drives. Gave up 253 yards in the air, though, with 26 completions, including, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was that 54-yarder miscue by Joby and Moses, just complete miscommunication by the defense. Linebacker out there against a wide receiver, 40 yards downfield. That's not going to cut it. Saban needs to pick his defense up this week in the secondary. AM, not such a solid game against Vanderbilt. Could not find a way to seal that game. Mon fumbled twice. Didn't look like his usual self during the game. Considering Vandy was out without Dimitri Moore, possibly, possibly the best linebacker in that conference, SEC, tough competition. It's worrisome for AM offense going into this game. Spiller, running back, may not be able to carry the team that Bama against that Bama run D. Yeah, I'm worried wow. about A&M in this game. Kellen Mond has been highly disappointing this year. He's been very inaccurate. He's been overthrowing his receivers quite a bit. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point this year they make the change to Heinz King. He's, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback prospect. I could definitely see if Mond continues down this path of turnovers that they make the change. I'm worried about A&M in this game quite a bit. I mean, Alabama didn't need to do much last week after the first quarter. The game was essentially over. Uh, but you look at what uh, Sean Robinson did for Missouri. He stepped in 19-25 passing against the tight secondary. I think Alabama tightens this up quite a bit this year. Saban bounces back against uh, leaky when he has a leaky secondary like that, and he tends to put the, the, the screws to his defense. So I'm worried about A&M actually scoring points in this game. Hey, Wall, I just got one guy in DFS this week. What was my motto last year with Alabama? <laughs> with Alabama? Just uh... – Throw a dart on an Alabama wide receiver? Was that what it was? No, it was take Devontae no. Smith at or around I 6K. Don't think so, well, you and, changed up your wide and receiver. And he's at 6,800. I love Devontae Smith last year. And that, he was, he was awesome. Uh, he's at 6,800 this week. He's a little expensive coming off a so so game last week where he only scored 15.7 points. Jalen Waddell stepped up big with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs gone and had a 36.4 point game. Uh, but they both had eight receptions, and Smith just had a, a, one, a couple more targets. So I would look to him for him to explode this week uh, like he did last year. I kind of li- actually like him at 6,800. He's never stored, steered me wrong uh, when he's been at that 6K mark. You know, there's another player in this game that I think you could take a stab on. It's, it's, it's a gutsy – it's a risky play. I don't know that they're, he, he's going to find much room to run against that Alabama front seven, but you could look at Anaya Smith for Texas A&M at 5,500 as a tournament play in DraftKings. You know, as an Isaiah Spiller owner in fantasy, uh, Anaya Smith has gotten me worried. Smith moved to running back this year due to limited depth behind Isaiah Spiller, and he came in with more carries last week than Spiller did. 17 to 12, I think he outtouched him. He's looking strong. He's looking fast. I think uh, this is going to be a, a timeshare split for a little while, and next this week against Alabama, whoever gets the running room, I think is going to carry the rock more. But look for nice Smith to take over in that backfield as the season wears on. All right, another game I'm excited about this week. We got Texas Tech, who's one and one at Kansas State, one and one, two thirty p.m. on Fox Sports One. 
Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Well, you got these big 12 teams, man. You like them. I think you like them because of the points. Over under 63 and a half. Hey, that makes sense. Kansas State minus two and a half. Kansas State on the money line, pretty big difference in that. Good variance. Kansas State minus 135 all the way to minus 140, 142. I've seen that. So if you're looking at those money lines, maybe pick your spot to make your bet there. Yeah, I like a, a slew of wide receivers here from Texas Tech, and I'll kind of go through them and explain them and what I what I like and what I don't like. Uh, we talked about T.J. Vasher last week and Eric Azukanama. Azukanama uh, is at 6,000 this week. He was at 68,000 last week. Uh, just kind of keep that in mind. And then Vasher's at 6,100. He's 400 more than he was last week. Uh, Vasher hit... Uh, $243 or priced dollars per point uh, last week. He had nine targets, but only hauled in four of them. But he did have two TDs off of the four tar- four uh, ones he hauled in. Uh, Zukanama, who I had, uh, did really well last week. Still scored $308 point or dollars per point um, with the same amount of receptions as Carter last week. Now, let's get into the juice, or let's get into this juicy one, which is Carter. We just talked about Kayshawn Carter, wide receiver from Texas Tech at 5K. This guy's at 5K now. Carter doesn't have the highest targets on the team with 14 through two games, but he has hauled in the most. He's had 13 targets, pulled in four of them. Or excuse me, he's had 13, he's had 14 targets, but he's hauled in thir- or 13 of the 14. None of the other guys have even come close to that. You have Vasher at 12 of 19, Zukanama at 11 of 17. So the guy catches the ball, uh, and he had a huge week last week. He's at 5K. He's a thousand cheaper than Azukanamo. He's at 6,000 again. Vasher at 6,100. I love Carter's play this week. Uh, I think that's a big play, both in 50-50 and tournament. He's getting carries or getting uh, getting targets, and he's catching the ball, which is huge. Uh, so I would look at Carter in both tournament and 50-50 this week. 24.2 fantasy points per game at 5,000 bucks in DraftKings. It's tough to tough to turn away from. I think you can pay up this week in, for the Roderick Thompson, uh, the running back for Texas Tech. He's been absolutely terrific this year, running for over the century mark and two scores in each of the two games they've played. And he's catching passes out of the backfield. And in a format like DraftKings where it's PPR, you want a running back that can catch passes. What about the quarterbacks in this? Not too expensive. Alan Bowman sitting at 7,600. Skylar Thompson uh, sitting at 6,500. Last week he was great, throwing for over 330 yards. He was in command. He's playing like a veteran starter, and he's been great against Texas Tech over the last two years. Yeah, Skylar Thompson uh, I like better um, at Kansas State at 6,500. He's still going to be a popular play this weekend at the price uh, in what he did last week and now facing a poor defense. So 50-50 option, I think, here only, not a tournament play. Uh, but I do like Skylar Thompson, especially at 6,500 and a 50-50 option for sure. He had two passing TDs for 246 yards uh, last last year against uh, Texas Tech. But the thing about it is they ran the ball 37 times that last year, and they just don't have the running game they did last year this year. So I would look for them to, to air it out like they have been so far this year, and Skylar Thompson's a popular pick right there, especially at 6,500, easy 50-50 uh, roster there. I can easily see him also get it running in at one, maybe two scores on the ground this week, and Texas Tech has a tough time stopping anybody. Wal, did you make a pick on this? I think this game looks ripe for the over. Both these teams can get lit up on defense. I think 
for example, Kansas State, they're easily going to get hit for 300 yards in the air, and it comes down to turnovers in this game. I got I to gotta pick on this, but what do you think, Wall? I don't know. I, I've been staying away from the over-unders this year because I really don't know what to expect out of the teams with the limited practice. I think it really hurts the defense, but you never know. It could you know, hurt the offense more. So I've been staying away from the over-unders. In this game specifically, you know, if you put a gun to my head, to use the normal expression people do use, I'd have to say over, knowing Texas Tech, you know, in the past, they, they score touchdowns. That's what they do. They don't worry about defense. Hey, it's the Big 12. Touchdowns, over. Just keep in mind, Kansas State is plus six in the turnover margin with no giveaways thus far this year. Before we move on, I do want to just mention another uh, good play at running back is Deuce Vaughn. Last week, he torched Oklahoma. Uh, he's got a great matchup this week. He looks like the primary guy going forward. And at 6,200, you can easily slot him into your running back two spot. I like that play story at 6,200. He had uh, eight carries last week, but the big thing about it is he had four uh, four grabs and five targets. And like you talked about already, in a PPR, like DraftKings, having your running back be able to grab something out of the backfield is big. Uh, he had 30.4 points last week. Pretty good tournament pick here. Uh, not sure about 50-50, but tournament pick at 6,200, he has a big upside. Uh, if he can go repeat again at 30.4 points. All right, we got number seven, Auburn, 1-0. At number four, Georgia, 1-0. 6.30 p.m. on ESPN, Wall. This is going to be a barn burner SEC matchup, huh? <laughs> barn burner. I don't know about that, Woj. Over-under is sitting at 45. Might not be so much of a barn burner, but, man, it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited for this one. Can't wait to sit back, turn on the TV, grab some ruffles, grab a beer, and watch it. Auburn, plus six and a half. Auburn treated us well last week, Woj. I don't know how many of you uh, paid attention, but we took Auburn on the money line. We took them on the spread. Every spread we could get our hands on, we took them. They paid off, so I'm happy with Auburn as of now, but this game, it's a tough one to judge here when you don't even know who the starting quarterback's going to be. Dewan Mathis, Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, the USC transfer who's been cleared to go. Who's starting? We don't know. What do we know? Georgia's D is great. Bo Nix is getting too great. Nix versus Georgia D, big key in this game. Nix is usually pretty smart with the ball. Would you not say, Woj? Yeah, I had him in my year-long fantasy last year. He's consistent quarterback. Not the greatest for DFS reasons, but uh, definitely a consistent, steady, manageable quarterback wall. Oh, he's not going to light you up in those DK scores, but, man, he's going to do well for that season-long fantasy like you just mentioned. Last week, no interceptions against Kentucky. That'll help. Less than one half a pick last game on, last year on average a game in 2019. That's pretty good for a quarterback especially considering how young he was last year. A little more experience now, maybe even less than a quarter of a pick this game this, a game this year. We'll see. Georgia defense, though, it's going to be his hardest. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's going to be one of the hardest games for him. I think they might get a couple picks off him. Last week, they had three picks with a touchdown. Yes, that's a defensive stat line, Woj. They had a touchdown off a pick. Story, what are your thoughts on this game? This is an interesting game. I'm not the biggest fan of SEC grinding out football, but I'm excited to watch this game. Well, like you said, Bo Nix was solid last week. He's playing like a guy with a year of starting experience under his belt. He's looking like a veteran out there. He's got incredible receivers in Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, and Eli Stove to throw to. So I do see the Tigers receiving corps stepping up, making some big plays, putting the pressure on. But this really comes down to the Georgia defense. Their secondary was absolutely ter terrific last week. And their defensive line is incredible. 
It's unlikely the Bulldogs are going to give up more than 120, 140 yards on the ground, which means this is going to be Bo Nix or bust. Can he make enough plays to overcome that Georgia defense? Because I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Georgia offense. This could be a quarterback rotation. Like you said, we don't know who's starting well. But I think Georgia sneaks away with a win. I'm not so sure I'd take Georgia on the spread. Certainly the money line over under. Man, that would be close. I could see this 23 to 20, 26, 23, somewhere in that range, which is right at that over under. Like Story said, Bo Nix has got to make plays, and I think he's smart enough to do that. He's a smart quarterback uh, in college, and I, I think he's just one of those guys who's got to figure out what the defense is throwing at him and, and make a play, and I think they can do that. I think it comes down to third downs. Third downs are going to be big in this matchup, especially with how low the scoring is going to be. Uh, if you can convert a couple more extra TD or uh, third downs, get some extra uh, uh, position on the field, that's going to be huge. Uh, when are they going to start putting that defensive stat line in DraftKings wall? Hey, I don't know. As soon as they do, they're going to have a, a brand new diehard DraftKings fan. That's the only thing that keeps me from being a diehard fan. I do enjoy participating in our league, but they need to get that in there, at least get special teams combined with defense in there because Georgia, you know, that that is, I wouldn't say it's regular for them, but it's definitely not irregular for them to get a pick or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I did want to follow up with what Story said about his score. What did you have it at, Story? 20, 23, I think you said? 23, 20, 27, 23, somewhere in that range. There you go. Hey, if, if you're if you're thinking that, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think you might be right on. The problem I see is if you want to take that 2023, 20, hit the under on this, which is at 45, it's, you're going to cover by two if that 2023 comes in. Be very worried about overtime in this game because these are two very good football teams. If this one went extras, I would not be surprised at all. And, you know, that kills unders. Two great head coaches, too. This game is going to be a battle. Sorry, I'm I'm just typing, dear DraftKings, please make a defensive DraftKings day. <laughs> okay, I I sent the email. Well, we'll see what they do. But yeah. I'd like to see that too. It'd be kind of funny. See how many uh, tackles or hits or forced fumbles, all those points. Just just no offense that day. Just all defense. Be kind of crazy. All right, let's move on. Virginia 1-0 at Clemson, number one in the nation at 2-0 this season, 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. Story, what's the deal with this? You know, I'm not a huge fan of Dabo Sweeney personally, but he can coach. And in a season when it seems like a lot of teams are struggling to get down their timing and their offenses due to shortened off seasons and COVID situations, Dabo Sweeney has his guys out there ready to play. Trevor Lawrence has been flawless this year. He's been absolutely incredible. Uh, last year, it seemed like he was trying to play a little too much hero ball and forcing things a bit. This year, though, he has absolutely been spectacular. Over the last 10 games, he's thrown 26 touchdown passes and no picks. I don't think Virginia's going to get steamrolled, but they're going to have a tough time slowing down Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson offense. Speaking of getting steamrolled, well, what's what's the over-under here? What's the spread? Does Virginia have a chance in this or no? <laughs> the handicappers would definitely say no. They don't have a chance. Over-under is sitting at 55, Virginia plus 28. I mean, Clemson, they get these uh, minus numbers, and they're big numbers. You know, we're always talking double-digit numbers with Clemson. But one thing you got to keep in mind, Clemson covered last six in a row being favored by three touchdowns or more. This fits the bill for that. Rematch in this game of the 2019 ACC championship game. Clemson won that one 62 to Woo. 17. They were tough game, huh? 
Oh, man, real tough game. They had to get some style points to make sure they got in the playoffs with their light schedule. So they never, you know, let their foot off the accelerator, which they possibly could in this game. I would doubt it. But this is a night game. Last scheduled start of the day. This is our equivalent of Pac-12 at night. Yeah, sorry, Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Pac-12. We'll see you in November. But ACC Network, I'm not going to be able to watch this one, Woj. That's too bad. Because, uh, again, like you said, last game of the night, night game, uh, getting to watch what is the number one team in the nation as of right now. Uh, again, we won't know until we get the uh, playoff committee to come out there and give us a true one through 25. But yeah, that's, that's a crazy stat about them covering the last six in a row. I uh, will have to uh, look into that. Maybe I, maybe I'll throw some money down in Clemson. Who knows? All right. So we got, uh, I'm excited for this game. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what happens. I'm going to sign away to watch it. Uh, but when it comes to pack 12 after dark, uh, we've got a, about a month until that comes back. But right now it feels like the big 12 is kind of playing into that role. Yeah, just not the uh, the 10 o'clock Hawaii games or 11 o'clock Hawaii games. <laughs> All right, guys, we got our weekly pick ball last week. We did pretty well, a lot better than what we have been. You had uh, Auburn, like you talked about, at minus 7.5. Uh, that was a win. And I had Army at plus 14, and that was a push. Uh, I'll take a push when I was 2-0-2. Oh, so right now you're at 1-2. and two. What's your pick this week, Wall? Well, first I have to say, Woj, even when you when you don't lose, you find a way to not win. So that is quite impressive. But this week, <laughs> I'm going to take Kentucky. Now, we didn't talk about this game. I apologize to everyone listening. But, hey, I'm just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to take Kentucky minus five and a half. Go to FanDuel for this one. You got a whole point less to cover. But I watched them against Auburn last week. They gave me a little bit of worry. They played really well. Hey, Mr. QB1, keep the ball in your hands. Don't turn it over. Kentucky minus five and a half. All right, I'm going with uh, Auburn, plus 6.5. I'm going to keep riding the Auburn. And like we talked about, how it's going to be a tight game. It's going to come down the bone mix. I just like them getting points here. Uh, I can't push in this one, Wall, because there's a .5 at the end. But <laughs> I'm going to win or lose this week. But I'm going with Auburn, plus 6.5. As you guys know, whenever we have a guest, we allow them to get into the Wojen Wall pick em. story. You're sitting at 0-0 this, this year. Who are you going to take? 0-0 this year, but I think I did pretty well last year. Uh, you guys know me. I'm, I'm looking forward to these high over-under games. I'm going to go with a game that we talked about already, Memphis SMU. Uh, there's a lot to like about this game. If I had to choose, I would probably go over. I think this, team, this game is going to hit 100 points, but that's not my pick. Uh, my pick here is SMU plus 2.5. This opened at 1.5. People have been met, betting Memphis up to 2.5. The big Difference for me is I'm worried about the rust on Memphis. I think that SMU is going to get out to a lead to start, and they're going to hold on the whole way. And Memphis hasn't played since they hosted Arkansas State on September 5th. It's going to be nearly a month ago. I would, uh, I'm definitely headed on. I've got my pick on SMU, and I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line on this one. Oh, Woj, Woj, I'm watching these lines as stories talking. People must be hacking into our feed because it looks like uh, SMU just jumped to the favorite on stories pick here. I think he moved that line. <laughs> it's possible. Story, you are 2-0, and oh, by the way. Last year you had an Oklahoma State – or Oklahoma-Kansas State over at 57.5. And we know that Kansas State won that game last year, and it went well over that. And then you had Fresno State-San Diego State under 
uh, on episode 14 at 43. Uh, so this would make three and O all time for Michael story. Let's, let's, uh, let's knock on some wood and let's get paid. Right guys. <laughs> yeah, baby. Thanks for listening everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>